the business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get together, have a few laughs. you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm so wasted. Anybody move out, blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Calling this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! All right. We're a little late, but we're here. Finally, we are here. Uh, yep. As usual, this is THT Movie Review, so with the THT tag, we get audio issues. <laughs> it's just it's just what happened. THT should just... We need to change our name to audio fuck-ups or something. I don't know. But uh, we got it working, but uh, we will not be able to play any uh, scenes tonight. But who cares? No big deal. We'll get it done. Um, we'll wing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, and like I was saying off, you know, off the air, the audio, the, you listeners can hear everything I play. Unfortunately, anyone on the other side of Skype won't be able to hear it. So if they can't hear it and comment on it, it's really not worth playing. Unfortunately, but um, let's get into it. We are doing the movie tonight. Uh, if you uh, can't tell by the music that's been playing all night. Notorious, uh, which is about uh, Biggie Smalls. wasn't just Biggie Smalls. It was about Biggie, Puff Daddy, Tupac, uh, Junior Mafia, Lil' Kim. Jesus Christ, who am I missing? Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. Kim, uh, (laughs) Faith. Yeah, Faith Evans. Fine-ass Faith Evans. Mm -hmm. Um, 
pretty much, you know, and I'll I'll go ahead and say I was surprised. I've never seen this movie. I was surprised at how good it was. It was a really good movie. It it, it, yeah. it, it honestly for a two hour movie it, it really flies by. Uh, yeah, and I actually watched the director's cut, two hours and eight minutes. It's about uh, it's only a couple minutes longer than it's six minutes longer than the original version. Uh, I don't know what was different in the movie, but um, really was a good movie. And you know what? Uh, by the way, executive produced by Sean Combs, Puff Daddy. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Let's go ahead and get into the actors, and we'll just kind of go through a few of them and see what you guys thought. Uh, and real quick, I'll go ahead and throw out there is one NYPD blue guy that I found in this movie, and it was fucking e- phenomenal. Absolutely, the immediate beginning of the movie, the guy who plays uh, Biggie's father, Selwyn Cyrus Farmer, did about a ten or eleven episodes of NYPD Blue as a guy named Craig Woodruff, uh, and. I, I'm actually not looking this up. I know this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He he was uh, he was a big part of the last two seasons, mainly the last eleventh uh, season of NYPD Blue. So uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. So there, there's the NYPD Blue tie-in right there, as always. And um, let's start off here. Uh, we get Jamal Woolard as Chris Biggie Wallace. What did you guys think of him? I think he was as close to identical <laughs> as you could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he, has, yes. he, he had his voice. He had his mannerisms. He, uh, I don't think they could have made a better choice. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, 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 I like this guy as him. Um, so we all agree on that. Now, Derek Luke as Sean Puffy Combs. What y'all think? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was he was kind of like a caricature. He, it's like somebody showed him some Puffy clips and like, and he just kind of like played a character. He didn't really. Whereas the uh, Jamal Willard, he kind of like embraced Biggie. You felt like he kind of became him. This Derek Luke guy, he's a good actor. I've seen him in a lot of different films, but he just felt like he was like playing like he was like a caricature of Puff. Yeah, yeah, it's like somebody well, said, "Good well, go pretend to be It didn't feel like racist. Yeah, I, I, I personally thought this was a pretty shitty choice for Puff. Yeah, he didn't look like him. He didn't sound like him. No. He really didn't act like him. No, I mean, not at all. I mean, besides you know the greed. He was unbelievable. Say what you want about Puffy, but. When he, like, he has a certain authority in his voice and like how he like presents himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't get that expanding presence. Yeah, and I'm I'm just gonna go through some of the main players in the movie. You know the, that the movie was about. Obviously, uh, uh, how do you say her name? Naturi Naughton as Lil Kim in this movie. Mm. Mm. Sexy. Yeah. By, by the way, the, uh, the the cheetah girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> by the way, if there's any takeaway you get from this movie it's that Victoria, yeah. it's biggie was a pussy getting motherfucker dude i will tell you that <laughs> he yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what the, you know the verse black and ugly as ever yeah <laughs> stay gucci down to the side yeah it was his charisma he got him the, the one thing i always thought it about. was established pretty early like, he was a charismatic guy 
Yeah. Obviously, yep. obviously, he, you know what? It, if if the character brought anything, it that he was a look. The guy was obviously number one a lyricist. Number two, he just knew how to talk. He knew what to say to women, obviously. But yeah. his words, you know, he. I guess you could say Biggie took. The... He was educated, and, and I want I want to bring that mm-hmm. up. He was very educated. That's what people forget. He went to. It's like. He was like the inverse of Tupac. Like they were literally like two sides of a different coin, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. I mean is Tupac is the one that came from the street, but he didn't acclimate the street life. Biggie came from a very suburban existence, but he acclimated to the street life like that. Right, right, right. And, uh, and it, it was always that was always weird to me. Yeah, and you know, you bring up Tupac. That's another character. Uh Anthony Mackie. Terrible. Anthony Mackie Terrible. played Tupac. That was Terrible. Uh, to say the least. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Um, terrible, Tupac. I'm sorry. Like That's why I'm worried about the movie, but the, Jesus. That's <laughs> not even getting to Tupac right now. Now the, guy, <laughs> now, the guy that played Suge Knight was better than the one that played Suge Knight in the uh, Straight Outta Compton movie. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that was Sean. And even just from the voice, from the famous... Uh, was... No, he looks... Any, any artist that want to be an artist? Yeah, this dude looks... I want to worry about the executive producer yeah. dancing all in the videos. <laughs> yeah, it was obvious who he was talking about there. Um, uh... But yeah, just some weird choices. But I will say the movie came together very well. I really did enjoy this movie. Look, I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of you know the, the, this music. But um, this, you know, Biggie, Tupac, even Junior Mafia, when I was at parties with my friend, you know, uh, Rigel and his, his, and his brother Nigel, um, they were always playing this shit in the background, dude. This is what they listened to. And trust me, I didn't have the balls to stand up to uh, anyone and say, <laughs> stop playing this shit. So, uh, you know, this and... Truthfully, when you did listen to like the words Biggie had to say, I believe he took the the reality rap that like the NWA and all those groups were doing and evolved it yeah. a little bit. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. he was a storyteller. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I know, I know you guys. I know Bobby. We were talking earlier. I know you said you weren't the biggest Biggie fan, right. but one thing I do want to like establish is. And I'll throw Tupac in this. Like they were a valuable, they were two valuable links in a chain that hip hop lost because they were like the perfect mix of old school, old school values mixed with a new school twist. And I think yeah, had, they, had they been alive today, they would have carried on those ethics and passed them on to the next generation. Because if you listen to Biggie's wordplay and his float, you cannot tell me he was not inspired by the likes of like KRS One, Slick Rick. Yeah. Like I mean, every song, every verse was a like he painted a picture. Well, painted yeah. a picture. Well, I mean, you can see it play out in your mind with no problem. I mean, and like that, that's sorely missing in hip hop today. They, sorely. Oh, missing. absolutely. I mean, they even had a Slick Rick song in the in in the beginning of the movie. I actually wanted to mention that I heard a little Slick Rick there in the beginning. Um, you know, a little uh, children's story. Great fucking song, mm-hmm. man. Great fucking yeah. song. Slick Rick was badass back then. Slick Rick is heralded as one of the one of the, if not the, greatest storytellers in hip hop. So it kind of made sense that they would put 
uh, Slick Rick, mm-hmm. uh, Slick Rick's music in the Biggie movie because you know Biggie is also heralded as one of the greatest storytellers, well, and, and, and he should be. And you know, even when they, they even kind of made a point to uh, kind of have this put in the movie when when he's in Puffy's office for the first time meeting Puffy, and um, you know, Puffy doesn't say, you know, what are you rapping? He says, what story are you trying to tell? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, just an average guy from Brooklyn. No, he didn't say those exact words, but God damn it, I'm too white to say the other word. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. That's right. I'm I'm here to, uh, yeah, well, obviously we got Bobby and Anthony with me. I'm here to uh, white. I'm here to whiten. And don't forget we got Weaves in the chat. Yeah. Uh, Weaves, drop some of my knowledge in the uh, chat for, uh, box here. That's right. But, but, <laughs> like you did in the Tupac episode. All right, Anthony's in the chat. Bobby's not. Okay, okay. Now I know Anthony can read him. But uh, I'm here to uh, whiten, I mean, I mean brighten. No, that, <laughs> Jesus Christ, either one of those just sounds bad. What am I here for? I'm here to record. Oh, I'm here to record. <laughs> when you try to fix a problem, but you make it worse. <laughs> that was a double. We're here for you, Boxman. We'll hold your hand through this and you'll be all right. A... Hey, hey, Bob, this is why I call, added you on the show. Hey, I, I, I made it through straight out of Compton. That was... <laughs> you sure did, man. You made it to two, you said about two Tupac and Compton, you'll be all right. <laughs> I barely survived the Tupac one. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That was rough. <laughs> that was a little rough. That was a little rough. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to listen to that, you can check out THD Movie Review on iTunes. You can actually find us. Uh, <laughs> you can actually hear the sweat bees dropping off a of box's head oh. in the Tupac episode. Check the archives for that one. Oh, you can you can hear me stop and take a drink. Oh shit! Cause yeah, box, you're a smooth reader, but I noticed like you just like whoop. <laughs> so, you was drinking that night, if I remember correctly. So you're very good, bro. No amount of alcohol can make me start throwing out that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I mean, I could be drunk as fuck, but uh, ain't gonna happen. Sorry, man. I appreciate that. I'm the hip hop guy, and I won't use that word myself. So, yeah, hey, there's so even a, there's even a part in this movie where um, you know we'll, we'll we'll get to that, but that that is mentioned in this movie. You know why? You know why a certain person actually? You know why Richard Pryor never used that word after a while? He uh, mm-hmm. that's you know we'll, we'll get to that part now. This, one of the things I do like about this movie, they kind of Tarantino it a little bit. They show you the end, then they get mm-hmm. into the whole story. They wrap it all back and tie it up in a nice little bow back into the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, you know the ending of the movie. Yes. All right. Um, it's a predictable movie. You're not going to get any twists and turns. Um he dies at the end, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not sure if everyone knew that or not. Am I spoiling anything? Am I spoiling anything? Mm-hmm. If I'm spoiling anything, then, God, you've been under a fucking rock for the past 20 years. But, um, yeah. you know, it, 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 this movie doesn't get huge into his childhood. Uh, now, we do need to bring up the kid playing Biggie Smalls from the age of 8 to 13 is... Actually, Christopher Jordan Wallace, the son of uh, him and Faith Evans. 
Yes. Yes. And he's actually uh he's actually uh rapping himself now and he's not bad, in my opinion. Okay. Not bad? Yeah. <laughs> not bad. I, I give him that. He's not bad. Right. And, you know, we we also forgot to mention in this movie, Angela Bassett is his mother. She is a gorgeous. Oh, yes, yes. She, oh, my I'm goodness. a beautiful older woman. Um, if you don't know who she is, Vampires in Brooklyn. Sexy, sexy woman in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an incredible actress, and she nailed, she nailed that part. I, I again, I don't really know, but um, it, it, she was great in this movie, flat out. Just it, she's a great actress either way, but definitely great in this movie. Um, I'm actually at the scene right now where uh, his dad is walking up to him. Uh, by the way, who's Craig Woodruff from NYPD Blue? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, obviously, did not have a. A good relationship, if if at all, with his father. You know, it basically shows that. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know any more about what his relationship with his father was or if it was just non-existent. We need to remember this kid died at, and, and I call him a kid because he was 24 years old. Yeah, when he, he was a kid. I mean, listen, we lost him and Tupac at 24 and 25. Yeah, that should. You're still a kid at that point. I'm sorry, you're still a kid at that point. You're still a baby. Yeah. Seriously, man. You, you, I mean, you, 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 you still don't know shit. Look, I don't. I'm 41, and there's. I learn shit every day. I learn shit from my kids. I never thought I'd fucking learn. Yeah, but, you, you and, know. And it really puts. It puts Anthony on a on hold. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> like they knew. They, it's like they know seriously. If you really look at it, it look, they knew that they didn't have a lot of time. They talked about it. Both of them talked about it a lot. Yeah, but yes, then there uh, was the part. I know you're not a hip hop person, box, but uh, suicidal thoughts. I mean, mm-hmm. that that Ready to Die album was deep. If you really, really listen to the songs, yeah. really deep. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we need to mention this. And um, Biggie Smalls became as big as he was. With honestly only one album being put out, the second one he did not live to see mm-hmm. being put out, but he was right. celebrating uh, and releasing uh, that album was ready to drop. But yeah, this man got that popular off of one fucking one album. album. How many albums did Tupac have? They're still coming out, man. Well, I mean... <laughs> While he was alive. Well, he had about, I want to say, like five or six studio releases. And he's got, what, 20, 22 now? It's after his death. <laughs> yeah. He was he was writing and recording songs every single day. Okay. So, like, uh, seriously, it's like a famous story, and I'm pretty sure Bobby's familiar with it. Uh, he literally wrote um, All Eyes on Me, Fresh Out of Jail, like, literally, like, within a week, within a couple yes. days. Mm-hmm. He yeah, had about yeah. his mom told the story like he by the time he got out of jail like that weekend he had about the first six seven songs off of All Eyes on Me and that's mm-hmm. that's regarded as a hip hop classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Oh, sorry guys. He had yeah he, he had songs that he had written uh, of course while he was locked up but then when he was released he had uh, he had a mission and he wanted to uh, he wanted to write while he was in the mindset of being let free so. Mm-hmm. That's how that album came about. Well, I mean, and, yes. and which kind of shows a little bit of you know Biggie was the same way because you know it it 
we'll go ahead and skip a little bit through. It gets into his childhood a little bit, shows that as and basically, you know, eight, nine years old, started selling drugs on the street. Uh, no, it was about high school. Well, um, is that what it was? Let me see. Hold on. Yeah? Like around high school. Because like I said, he grew up literally like, I don't want to say nerdy type, but he grew up a very, like I said, he Educated, lived a very yeah. uh, suburban-like life. Yeah, yeah. And like, and, I, and I like how like the movie paints the picture that every at every phase of his life, mm-hmm. once he blew up, it was reflected in song. Like when he was, I want to say he when he was like a nine or ten years old, he had to run in with the girl. You fat, black, and ugly. Mm-hmm. And then like <laughs> years later, like <laughs> that's a legendary verse. <laughs> he made a lot of things he just said off the cuff into verses, and you know it it shows in this oh, movie. Yeah. Um, yes. But you know, I, I, he wasn't dealing at at the young age, but he was running stuff, getting stuff. He he was learning the street life at a very young age. Um, movie jumps till he's about seventeen years old, and um, that's when he starts really, like you said, really dealing drugs. Uh, I mean, he's cutting the shit up in his bedroom and everything. Uh, you know. <laughs> His mom thought it was bad. Mama potatoes. thought it was yeah, mashed potatoes under <laughs> your bed. Okay. Uh, Yo, Bob, I got it. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you know what that reminded me of? What? what? You know, you know, I'm gonna bring up. I'm gonna make a Goodfellas reference. Okay, of course. You know when the cops was raiding the house, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Lorraine Brock, uh, Karen, she was cutting up shit and flushing it down the toilet. Yeah. That's all the fucking money we had. That's all we had, Karen. I'm sorry. The cops would have found it, right? Oh, God. Well, that was 1980s. You think she made the right call? That was the late, what was that, the 70s, 80s? It would have been 80. It would have been like 80. You might have been able to give a cop a little bribe ski back then. Uh, New York. That's a good point. New York. She wasn't going to take that risk. <laughs> yeah. She didn't know, so. Yeah, and and, you know. and where he was looking, like, under the TV. Yeah, I'm sure they weren't going to look under the TV. Duh. That TV would have been on the fucking ground in most raids. <laughs> so, especially now. Jesus. They would have tore that fucking place up, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... You know, all right, I guess we can go back to the, uh, yeah, definitely. The, but yeah, he was, you know, dealing drugs, um, making money. He even says in the movie, you know, that the, the, the first time people try crack, they're addicted. The first time I held money, I was addicted to money. Uh, you know, shoes, yeah. rings, guns, everything, you know. And it, it showed later in life. You know, in in when he did start making money, look at the clothes he wore, look at the, you know, just, you know, everything he did showed that he liked having money. But um, again, Anthony's been saying educated. Uh, The scene where he makes fun of the teacher is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he goes up there, he does this algebra problem on the board, and then basically the teacher, you know, he tells him, oh, you said I was going to be a garbage man. Well... Guess what? You make twenty four. Garbage man makes twenty eight thousand. I'll make four more, four thousand more dollars a year than your dumbass. 
which you know, just he was right. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, t- I mean, like I said, teacher teaching is a very noble profession, mm-hmm. but the reality is they get paid shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they do they do, but uh, you know they also get summers off. I hate to be the one to say it, but they do. Hey, Box, uh, you're actually going out on me. Am I? Yeah, I can't hear you at all. Really? You're you're going out on me. Like bad? Yeah, like you're just like I can hear you, but it's like it's it's like struggle. It's a struggle. Oh, uh, I don't know. Obviously, the chat room's not having a problem. So, obviously, this is something in Skype. Big surprise. Let me see here. Like I can hear Bobby fine, but you were like. Yeah, same here. I'm okay now, though. Or my yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm better now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was saying, you know, it. it um, I'm not even sure where the fuck I was at that point. You was talking about the teacher, and you know, him and Big had to run in. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, but uh, from there it goes on, and he's with one girl. This is where he finds out for the first time he's going to be a father. And he's uh, 17 years old in this part, correct? Yes. Yes, which is also... I believe. I believe so, because he did go to jail at 17 years old for selling drugs. Um, You know, after his mom kicks him out of the house because she found old mashed potatoes under his bed. (laughs) Um, She kicks him out of the house... And uh, his baby is born while he's in prison, you know. But uh, once he gets out, that's when, you know, I mean, he's got a kid now. You know, a good chunk of this movie does focus on how he wanted to be a better person throughout his whole life. I can't hear a thing. Really? Am I going out that bad? Here, hold on. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. They chat room hears me loud and clear. Give me one sec, guys. I'll be right back. All right. Let's, uh, I think they can all hear me better now. I think we got it all working. All right. Everyone says they can hear me better. Good, good, good. Yes, sir. Awesome. Okay. We're good to go again. All right. We're back. Sorry about that little break. Once again, audio issues. This is the hot tag. <laughs> Just expect it. Um, I think we were back to the part where um, his mom was kicking him out for the uh, mashed potatoes. The mashed potatoes. <laughs> yep. Yep. The, uh, the, 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 yeah, the, old mashed potatoes under your bed. Those were mashed potatoes. Uh, and, you know, he was kicked out of his house at that point. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, obviously went on the street after that. Started doing what he had to do to make as much money as he could. Slowed down a little bit. Not slowed down, but, uh, you know, it it also goes to a part after that where he goes over and sells to the pregnant girl. And even the people there, you know, all the guys on the corner are even looking at him like, what the fuck, man? You know, you don't sell to a pregnant woman. You know, which kind of showed that I don't know. I'm not sure what that told about him, but he did, you know, it, it, it kind of did hit him later again in the movie. It will, you know, we'll, we'll go back to that part later. Um, but, you know, he, he went from just doing little, you know, this and that on the street to, he said, you know, having four guys 
selling for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yep, and then went to jail. Going to jail sort of saved his life, wouldn't you guys say? Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would definitely say that prison probably saved his life. Um, he he started writing there. I mean, that's where he really started writing his songs. Taking it seriously. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, absolutely, which, and, you know. Uh, Go ahead. No, I was saying, we would be remiss. I mean, Box, you're probably not too familiar, but Bobby, I know you are. The, the famous uh, scene where he got discovered. Uh, I'm trying to he might have been. I want to say he was 17, maybe 18. It was probably 18 because he was uh, 17 when he went in. And uh, well, there were, good. Uh, there were a couple. Of, you, you mentioned when he got discovered. There were a couple of different things that led to it. There was the uh, well, there were a few battles uh, on the street where he would just rip people apart. There was one in particular where he ripped just just went off and just you know the whole crowd came around he basically was performing his songs uh-huh. and uh you know then there was the uh i'm trying to remember the movie as well because i know a lot of this is in the movie but there was the mixtape the famous mixtape that he made with uh 50 grand dj 50 grand mm-hmm. and uh that was a big one so there were a couple of couple of uh things but right now we're at he's in jail yeah 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 right now right now but yeah you you yeah, exactly. He's in jail, and you know, like we were saying, that is when his writing became serious. Now, we do gotta also remember to point out, you know, his mother who did throw him out. He did call her. She kind of refused to bail him out. She said, "You got yourself in it. You get yourself out." Yeah, yeah. Tough love. More kids need that nowadays. And that was a good thing for him too. Yeah, really was. Now, I'm not sure exactly how long he was in jail. Does anybody know how long he how long, how long of a bid he got here? Uh, I heard, but I can't. I really can't remember. Um, I mean, it was less than a year. It was, it was like it was like a few. It was a matter was, of months. Right. It was somewhere around. Yeah. It was. I think it was less than a year. Somewhere around there, roughly. Yeah. Okay. I don't uh, really fully remember. It would make sense because when he came out, I mean, I'm not sure how old his baby was, but it was, it, I mean, it wasn't, you know, a, a nine-year-old when he came out or anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was still a, a, a you know, he, he was, she was still a baby when he, when he got yeah. out of prison. You know, um, you know, got out, again, wrote a lot. I mean, he, you know, one thing he says when he goes to meet puffy is i got rhymes for days oh yeah yeah and uh i i'll bet somewhere out there there's more um but i'll say this it didn't seem like he needed to write anything down it seemed like he could just go off the top of his head and put out anything he had to yeah whatever he had you know what what he would do there was uh he's legendary for being able to go into the booth and just freestyling entire songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sort of what he would do. What he would actually do is he would go in, he would hear the track, he would have an idea of what he wanted to say. He would freestyle it and then, you know, it, it would be recorded. He would listen back and then smooth it out and fine tune it. Yeah. But 
even to be able to do that, even to just go into the booth and, and you know, with a clear head and just yeah. put together, just tell the story the way that he does, you know, that's that's something. There are not a lot of people who can do that. Yeah, it's, that's that's a special talent. That's a untapped talent that a lot of people would never yes. even be able to find themselves, but it's <laughs> it's a rare talent. I mean, it really put is. Put it like this. Put it like this. To put this in perspective, Biggie fucked up and high going in the booth just dicking around <laughs> made better music than you hear today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, literally, he would just go in there and, like, and it, it, you know, the story goes, like, it would irritate Puff to no end. Like, we, like this shit is costing me money. You yeah. dicking around. And literally, he would come back five, ten minutes later and smooth it out. They'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, how the fuck did he do that? He was yep. a talented motherfucker, man. You know, I'll, I'll I'll never, you know, we were talking about how he kind of evolved the reality rap uh, or hip hop, whatever you want. He he did more than just evolve it. He really, I mean, you know, him and Puffy started putting the, you know, the the the, the funk beats in there, the slower R and B beats in there. Oh yeah, and yeah. mixing them. No one was doing that. It was all. I mean, you know. We did the movie a couple of weeks ago that's straight out of Compton. This is on the tail of the still gangster rap. Well, you know what, though? At that mm-hmm. time, at that time, everybody, well, just about everybody was, uh, uh, was sampling. Mm-hmm. But but they would uh, they would try to, they, the thing about sampling is it's very difficult to make your own money when you're sampling because you have to pay the, publishers of the original song the mm-hmm. original performers get all of that credit and money and everything so a lot of a lot of producers were sampling back then but they would cut it up and chop it up and hide it and mask it puffy right. had a different approach he would basically play an instrumental <laughs> of a song that was already a hit right <laughs> you know? juicy fruit that was blatant that's probably the most blatant one Oh, they were all pretty blatant. <laughs> oh, no. Come on, missing you with the police beat behind it the whole time. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I got it. That that song was shit. I, I, I am not. Listen, I am. I am. A, a, I respect Puff Daddy or whatever his name is right now for, <laughs> I don't know, P. P Diddy, Puff Daddy. I don't know. Whatever his fucking name is right now. I respect the shit out of the man for the. He is a money-making machine. He's a genius. A marketing genius. He is a marketing... He is a very intelligent businessman, but he's... He kind of sucks when it comes to everything else, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, like, you know, to put it in perspective, well, maybe not now, but back in the day, he's like the Vince McMahon of music. Like he can take he can take a raw he can take a raw talent and just bring out the best in it. Uh, it depends. Uh, maybe not making the band. Well, making the band no. Put that aside. Well, you know what? There were a lot of there were a lot of bad boy acts that did not pan out. Um, P- Puffy actually had, as far as artists go, I would say Puffy had more failures than he had success. He had a couple that were just that were really huge, and honestly. Uh, Junior Mafia, Little Kim, they were never his. They were never his. They were never. They were Biggie technically. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they were yeah. all. I mean, and, uh, Jesus. I mean, it even shows Biggie basically gave Little Kim her whole act, her whole yeah. essence yeah. of what she is. You know, well, Biggie did a lot of. He was. A, he did a lot of ghostwriting. Yeah. 
Yeah, ghostwriter. And just, I mean, I, I'm not going to say mentoring, but his ideas became, you know, what put a lot of people on the map. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if, you know, Lil' Kim, you know, when he first meets her as he's banging her, you know, <laughs> which which is the same meeting. He first meets her, then he bangs her in the movie. Um, and, you know, she starts doing gangster rap, and he goes, guys want to hear girls talk about sex, not gangster shit. <laughs> you know, and then another scene, she comes in with this little outfit with suspenders, and he's like, you know, she's like, oh, should I lose the suspenders? He's like, nah, keep the suspenders, lose the shirt. Lose the shirt. <laughs> And, you know, if you remember, she did come, didn't she come to, like, some awards show dressed like that once or something? Uh, yeah, she performed. She performed on stage like that. That yeah. girl. That's a good egg right there. <laughs> I agree. That's yeah. a good egg. That, 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 uh, oh, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good man. He was a good man. <laughs> he, he, like I said, man, this guy got a lot of fucking ass for being a big dude. Uh, I, I again, I had never seen the movie. I didn't realize it, but um, I really surprisingly like this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it, well it was a good movie. It wasn't over the top, you know. There weren't there weren't a whole bunch of lies and theatrics, you know. You know, I uh, to be honest, the reason I think I liked it, it it got into his movie career, but it really concentrated on his his family and 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 you know obviously the end of the movie concentrated more on the fact that he was trying to change himself mm -hmm. yes you know and and that's where i th i think the movie was really good it didn't just concentrate on the music a lot of movies make that mistake when they do these kind of you know documentaries on right. on these guys right. and and you know not just rappers rock musicians too they all make yeah. the same mistake it's all about the music look yes. the music's great but we want to hear stuff we didn't hear on the radio yes that's what yes. we want to see you know and I, I may have liked the movie because I really knew nothing about Biggie Smalls at all. It, it, it broke. It was very three dimensional. It, it, it showed you the rise and it showed you the. It gave you that substance in between. So many times, like you said, they focus on the uh, the negatives or they focus on the music career and he just they they don't really show you the rise. They don't show you the fall. They don't show you the introspection in between about oh like the conflict. You saw the conflict. That's the biggest takeaway I take away from the movie. And well it was a constant conflict with itself and the decisions he was making. With himself. And you know, I, I really thought the movie was gonna be all about the, you know, East Coast, West Coast. They 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 brought it up, but they didn't dwell on it. They didn't, you know, put it as the Whoa. forefront. The forefront of the movie yeah, is for good reason. Right, right, obviously. But I mean the forefront the forefront of the movie is the life of you know Christopher Wallace, and that's what it is. Yeah. Please yeah. go ahead, Bobby. As far as the as far as the whole East Coast West Coast thing, that that was always blown out of proportion. That was never yes. really much of anything that Biggie mm -hmm. took part in. You know, actually, a lot of New York didn't really take part in that. It was a right. one-sided war <laughs> that and, the and media perpetuated. It, yeah, the media the media really kept that going, but for the most part, they, uh, Tupac said it himself. It wasn't about East Coast and West Coast. It, it's about a guy who doesn't like another guy. <laughs> like, I don't, 
I don't like him. I don't care about you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but there were there were other there were other um, rappers who would perpetuate it, you know, a little bit. Ice Cube would kind of poke the bear. He was trying to keep that war going, and there were a few others. But honestly, it really wasn't as big as uh, people were making it out to be. You know, there were just certain people over over here who didn't like certain people over there. Well, yes. that 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 was another thing. Even said in the movie, they even said, you know, hey, it's you know, this was completely blown up by the media. That one part in the movie where they're outside of the is it a bar or a club, and Suge Knight and Tupac all pull up, and you know, he even said, oh, the media ate it up and blew it completely out of proportion. It just. Obvious, he wanted nothing to do with it. He and it even shows in the movie. He tried taking the high road the whole time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. until no, no. see what he would do is like. Whereas it was a different. It, it was all about the approach. Pop was just a very emotional dude, and he like whatever he was feeling, he put out there. Yeah, Big, Big was more subtle. He would take little shots, but they were very subtle. Yeah, you really had to be. You really had to listen and pay attention and read between the lines. Yeah, but you know, again in the movie, it's you know, Puff was always telling him, you know, just you know, not he didn't say in right out, you know, just take the high road, you know, that's that would that'd be awfully white of him, but uh, you know, but he was saying, you know, think about the money, think about the money, but you know, and then you know, once he did get to L.A., he did, you know, finally he said on stage, basically, you know, if uh, you know, you can. Take the high road all day, but eventually you got to jump right in and fuck with them. And he did, but you know, <laughs> if they had kids, she probably had two pops. Get it? Get it? Two, two pops. Pops. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the most he came with, man. That was that was no that was no hit him up. <laughs> but let me ask you this, Bob. I mean, well, Bobby, you'd be more familiar. Okay. What did you think of the long kiss goodnight? Long kiss, good night. It was on uh, Life Had to Death. I'm gonna have to look back. Like I said before, I was I was not. I mean, not that I didn't like Biggie, and I know that it sounds odd coming from the diehard hip hop guy, but uh, I was never a big Biggie fan, honestly. So well, I'm gonna have to go back. Well, let's see, Bobby. You were my age. You were in your what twenty? You were in your. Actually, you were in your teens when this was going. No, you were in your 20s. No, no, 20s, yeah. 20s, yeah. So, you know, this, you're starting to grow a little bit. You change music a little bit in your Mm, 20s. Not really. I was was still... Were you? I I was still hip-hop, man. I was still, like, all into it. It's just that, for me personally... This is gonna sound bad, man, and, and <laughs> I like Biggie. I do. I like. No, Biggie, no, no. But I honestly, I've always thought that he was okay. Let's get into it. I've always thought Biggie was overrated. I've always okay. thought that he was a little overrated. Um, I say that because at the time when Biggie really got big, when all of this stuff was happening and he started blowing up, New York was starving for somebody. Mm-hmm. They needed somebody because L.A. was killing it. You know, N.W.A. dropped their album, uh, their last album for life. And then every everything started rolling from there. Dre dropped the chronic in 92. Ice Cube had more stuff coming out. Snoop ruled the world. Tupac was dropping all kinds of stuff. New York said, well, we, 
we got this guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we got, <laughs> so, we got him. Hey, hey, look at us. Look, look. Right. We got well, a damn. big dude. Y'all, we're going we gonna to forget about Wu-Tang. Well, eh, to be fair, it took them a while to kind of, like, bring it together. Yeah, I mean, there's and there's a lot of good stuff. Like you said, yeah, yeah Wu-Tang was out at the time. Um, Nas was out. Nas was doing a lot of underground stuff, and he dropped an album, and he dropped his first album in, I think, 93. And, um... 93 or 94 and, and so a lot of stuff was coming out but new york needed something to latch on to and biggie had the charisma he could tell stories and he was decent lyrically he, he had his performance was was tight but i mm-hmm. i personally don't think that he was the greatest i just don't i just don't see that yeah well that was actually brought up in the movie actually when you know the we brought up that first meeting with puffy a lot that he actually puffy actually says you know new york needs someone right now and he mentioned yeah. all the guys that you mentioned you know ice cube oh excuse me a little beer burp there he mentions ice cube he mentions everybody that you mentioned and then he goes you know new york is starving for a guy from brooklyn to you know, get out there and tell us tell some stories, mm-hmm. you know, and that's 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 exactly what Biggie did. He told stories. Listen, at least he, you know, I mean, listen to the fucking rap now. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> they don't. There's no stories in it. It's it's the same lyric over and over. Same, Look, same. I, I have the same voice. No, and you know I've I've said the same thing about you know even Tupac. Tupac told a story in his fucking music. I may not be the biggest hip hop fan, but I can listen to Tupac because I can listen to the words he says. They're great. You can hear them, understand them. E- even Biggie, I can listen to him. I can I can understand what he's saying. His words are actually very good. He can paint a picture. Exactly. Paint a picture with words. Exactly. Nowadays, the only picture that's painted with words is fucking diarrhea spray. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. And and you know what? I hate to say, but it's not. And it's not just hip hop. It's not just. It's all music, dude. Right now, all music sucks balls right now. I mean, I I guess like you know, you, you talk about words. He had a way with words. I mean, you look at something like warning. To that, mm-hmm. that to me is one of the greatest openings to a uh, yeah. rap song. Any song, you know why? Because it's a vivid picture, a yep, vivid that's... picture. Who the fuck is this? Paging me at five forty-six in the morning, <laughs> crack of dawn, yeah. and I'm warning. <laughs> Wipe the cold out my eye. See who's this paging me and why. You can see the whole thing in your head as he's telling it, man. It's 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 great. It's great. Big was great. I just don't think that. I, I just think that he was maybe a little overrated, but he was well, amazing. Again, I mean, for having one album, but you, but but but, but again, you said. And by the way, I'm playing a warning in the a little bed of music in the background. They can hear it in the uh, in in the on the downloads. They'll all hear it. Um, it, it, it they were just begging at that time mm-hmm. to get someone, and yeah, that's that that's probably the exact reason he he blew up the way he did. Yeah. But you got to remember, Biggie blowing up also brought a lot of people. He he brought a lot of people with him. He brought yeah. he brought Puffy with him. He brought Junior Mafia with him. He brought Little Kim with him. I he mean, brought Jay Z with him. And I just want to say for the record, mm-hmm. if Biggie lived, 
Jay-Z would not be calling himself the king of New York. I just want to no. get that tape. I no, want to get that, I wanna get that documented. There would only be one king. He would still be. I mean, he, Jay's, he I mean, the, guy, I mean the man is talented, but he once Big died, he rode that he rode that wave to the top. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's fact. No, fact yeah. is there's only one king, and his name is Elvis goddamn Presley. <laughs> Box, we're talking about a geographical region. <laughs> Let me tell you something. nationally, but in terms of New York, he is a god. Let me you tell you something. Let me explain something to you. Who do you think started the bling wearing? Elvis Presley. Who do you think started the flashy outfits? Elvis Presley. So Come on. Elvis Presley is the king of New York. Elvis Presley is the king of the fucking universe, <laughs> goddammit. And he is still alive. I know it. Him and Tupac right now are making a record. You wait till it drops in 2020. Um, that, that would be something, actually. <laughs> hey, and Pac, Tupac was open-minded. He worked with a lot of different artists. With, 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 with Jim Morrison as background singer. Oh, man, I'm with that. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Hoffa <laughs> and Jimmy Hoffa's even alive too. <laughs> no, Jimmy Hoffa's yeah, he's alive. Parts of him are alive in different parts of the country. Ooh, man, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> that's that's gonna get people after us. That's um, <laughs> that mean Shaheen keep talking about doing that conspiracy theory show, and I'm like, we're gonna get shut off doing that show. I don't know, man. Nah, I doubt it. <laughs> nah, we will, we will, we will. I, I really do want to do that show one night. We might do that in place, so. in place of a wrestling show because uh, wrestling's so wonderful right now. Um, <laughs> Who would miss it? Who would miss I, it? I, don't, I, I, I think it'd, it'd be our greatest download show. But um, Probably. Seriously. Uh, uh, let's get back to this real quick. In the uh, One part in the movie that I did want to go over because it's, really an important part i i'm not again i don't know what's 100 percent true in this movie or what's not maybe you guys can help me out i'm at the part where he uh puffy explains that he gets fired now i did want to ask one question he brings up andre so oh yeah who, andre harrell yeah andre harrell yeah who is he was the uh he was the head of um motown at one point uh, Puffy was Puffy worked under Andre Harrell. I think he started off as his intern. Right. Um, that he yeah, said. He, he went from Motown and then he he started. What well, was he at Uptown first? I can't remember the exact timeline. I think it was Uptown first because that's where Uptown Puffy came from. Okay, yeah, he was at Uptown and uh, well, he was at a bunch of other places, but notably he was at Uptown where he was working with Puffy, and then from there he, he went to Motown. Um, Andre Harrell is a big deal. Okay. This was. was. All right, all right. I, I, I knew you guys would be able to help me with that. So perfect. There it is. Um, you know, Puffy gets fired, and you know he does tell him, you know, we can do this, we can do this. Meanwhile, Biggie's got a kid to you know take care of, and really, he even says in the movie, you know, I feel like if I can't take care of my kid, I'm no man. So he. <laughs> Goes back to slinging crack and gets busted. Now, his childhood friend D-Rock is with him. And now, like I was saying before, I'm not sure if this is true or not. Uh, his buddy actually takes a gun charge for him. 
D Rock. Mm-hmm. Anyone know if this is really what happened? I heard. That, I heard that. That's a fact. Okay. Yeah. And, and I want to say, for the, everybody needs a friend like that. <laughs> yeah. Truthfully, man, that's. Uh, I don't think anyone has friends like that anymore. That is what a a, a real friend does, man. That's. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what New York does not, has never, and will never fuck around with illegal guns. Uh, they have never, never fucked around with illegal guns. Um, yeah. You know, I'll I'll pretty much bet he did every year of that of the three years he was talking about every fucking day of those three years he did. I bet. Well, let me ask you this: to play devil's advocate, so the three you talk about a three year bid, so that would have been what ninety three, ninety four. So had big did the bid, he would have got out ninety six, ninety. Right, ninety six, ninety seven. You, you're, 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 Anthony. I lost you, Bobby. Can you hear him? Still been alive in a lot of ways. Do I? Uh, all right. You're saying if you, if, he, uh, if, he, if he had took that charge, let's just say he wound up taking that charge. Ah, uh, would have changed anything. That's hard to say. Would he? Would he? I mean, would he have become the big fucking star that he was without this chance? That's that's we don't know. Unfortunately. That's right. a hard one. To, uh, that's a tough one to speculate. Um, yeah, he came out at the time uh, musically. He came out at the time, the exact time that he should have. You mm-hmm. know, the, it wasn't even really so much that the sound was changing and that the style was changing. He changed it. He did that, but it, I don't know if it would have worked if he would have uh, done that a few years later. As I don't someone, know. Yeah, I mean, someone could have taken his place by then. Uh, who, <laughs> please, I don't, I have no clue. Again, I'm not the yeah. biggest uh, hip-hop guy, but, you know, someone could have come out at, and taken his place. No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but, um, you know, that it, that's a real tough one to speculate. Uh, it did work out the way it did, though, and, you know, obviously we got what we got, which, you know, worked out good. Um the guy playing the cop in this movie, uh, Blue Bloods guy. He was on Blue Bloods for a, for a couple of years. Not NYPD Blue, but Blue Bloods. I don't know how long Blue Bloods has been on, but hopefully it's on as long as fucking NYPD Blue was. So that can be that. Once you, you can transition to Blue Bloods one day. Blue Bloods is on its sixth season. It's actually it started in 2010. That's an easy one to, uh, we can go through that one. That's It's on its sixth season right now. Coming up on seven. So... Yeah, I hope it goes longer than NYPD Blue. Blue Bloods is amazing. That's a great show too, man. But uh, I am actually on season three of NYPD Blue right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Season three, episode 12. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Bob. You're keeping that gimmick alive. I told you to like, uh, keep us updated on where you're at. There you go. I will. You have two seasons. Nice. Oh, yep, yep, yep. It's 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 easy. I I've seen them so many times. I can just kind of uh, put them on, put them on the big TV out there, and do stuff around the house while I'm doing it. I already put a new resistor in a PC board on the uh, treadmill out there. I've already done a ton of shit this week while watching it. Pretty fun. I like doing shit like that. So, anyway, where were we? What what are we doing here? Uh, are you guys still on the gun charge? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gun charge. Uh, his friend D-Rock takes that gun charge for him. Uh, you know, basically D-Rock saying, you know, you got your little, you know, your your little girl. 
you got a career happening. Go out there and do it, and I'll take this charge. And I mean, before he can even think about it, the guy comes in and bang, he admits to it, and uh, he's doing the time. And yeah. you know, Biggie walks free. And I want to, and I want to just point out once again, for two or at least one guy, for for all of the differences and the animosity that they would develop in the end between Pac and Biggie, it's amazing how like there's a certain their uh, lives like they're uh, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. They had a lot of similarities. Like this guy, oh, yeah. he took the he took the, uh, he took the uh, bid for Biggie, right? Now with Tupac, it was the opposite situation because he he did do uh, some some drug slaying for a while, but he sucked at it. He's admitted this himself, <laughs> and the drug deal basically pulled him to the side. Look, man, this ain't your thing. <laughs> you a smart guy, so what we gonna do? We gonna sponsor you. <laughs> you gonna make sure you go to school, get the best education. By so they took care of him in that way, and they kind of steered him away from the street, like because they knew he sucked at it, and he right. later he admitted, like, yeah, I, I, that wasn't my thing. <laughs> Which is I right, once again because I said he grew up, like I said he grew up not having much, but for whatever reason he just didn't acclimate to the street like the way Big did. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but you know, and you know, we, we've talked about how you know he blew up. Biggie really blew up very fast after he got oh, out of jail. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really. Mr. C was a big part of that, too. Yeah. You got to show love to Mr. C. He blew up before he had an album out, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, Mixtapes, uh, mm-hmm. pr- just on the streets, just performing, battling, freestyling. He was uh, he was already legendary under the name of Biggie Smalls. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had that. Uh, he had that mixtape. If you can ever find it, um, he had a mixtape with DJ Fifty Grand, and that was it. That was my first time hearing of him. Uh, yeah. I didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. but you know, like me not being in New York, of course, I was all into hip hop. So I, I got that. I had my. I got my ears on that first mixtape. I'm like, wow, man, this is, you know, this is this is something. Like I could, you could tell it was something special. And then he. Um, I don't know how much either of you guys are familiar with the Source um, magazine, but the oh, Source yeah. was, yeah, it was it was a much bigger deal in the '90s, and they 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 used. To oh yeah, he was unsigned. Thing. I want to say he yeah, went. He was I yes. like '91, '92. Yeah, yeah, unsigned hype, uh, no, uh, notorious B.I.G. and uh, DJ Fifty Grand. Hmm. Yep, unsigned hype in the Source. <laughs> and uh, a funny story about how he got the. Uh, Name Notorious B.I.G. I mean, obviously, we're going to go back and forth between Notorious B.I.G. and Biggie Smalls. Mm-hmm. But it was a lawsuit. Yeah. Because there was a Biggie Smalls over on the uh, West Coast. So that's mm-hmm. why, like, they slowly, in terms of marketing, he always went by Biggie Smalls. But right. in terms of the marketing, it was always Notorious B.I.G. Right. the Biggie Smalls over in the uh, West Coast that maybe started using it about a year or two before him. Yeah, like he right before him. Him, But he still had no. ownership of the name. Yeah, and he wouldn't give it up either. They tried to buy it from him. He wouldn't give it up. Jesus. Joke's on him. He would have made more off of a sale than holding on to the name. Yep. yep. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck he's done with the name, but he's done jack shit. Yeah, <laughs> he falls in America's eyes. He did try to put something out, too. Uh, he put a couple of things out, tried to push it himself, and it was, it was nothing, man. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, he liked the talent, the skill set. The uh, he didn't have Puffy behind him. <laughs> yeah, of, he had a lot. He had a lot of things going against him. Yeah, yeah. 
he was like the TNA of hip hop. Put it like oh. that. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Um, yeah. Jesus Christ. That was harsh. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's real bad. Like, put it to you like this. Everybody knows WWE, but a handful of people know TNA. That's basically the story of that. Yeah. I don't know. I got a feeling if 1.2 million people knew who this Biggie guy was, he'd be pretty fucking happy. Right. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But, um, I'm, uh, you know, there's also a part where right after uh, Biggie's concert, his first concert, uh, Tupac was actually at that concert, was there. Yes. And um, ends up he's at a party with Tupac. And he even says, you know, I've seen this guy in the movie Juice a thousand times. And suddenly now I'm at a party with him. You know, and he's showing me around the party. You know, he's like. You know, chicks are literally, you know, throwing themselves at him already wet. Yes. You know, basically, yeah. it, it was just, you know, basically, you know, to throw it to a wrestling term, he was a mark, you know, for Tupac. Yes. And uh, this is kind of like where, like, the genesis, if you want to put it like that, because they started as friends, right? Mm-hmm. But this yeah. is like the genesis of the animosity, because when Big first linked up with Pac, he was very, he was very street, very hood. And in, in terms of his rhymes and lyrical content, and that, and that, and that was like the that was like the like the gist of why uh, Tupac had so much animosity. It grew after he got shot, but the animosity started to grow when he saw like him on cuff. Like he changed his whole style with that first Ready to Die album. And mm-hmm. Pop's whole mindset was, "Look, I taught him this shit." He said, "I didn't write his rhymes for him, but I schooled him to the game and how what he need to do to go to that next level." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get you, man. That, that, that was the, like the jig, like to give people a, a a bigger picture of like why like the animosity, at least on Tupac's, and existed. Mm. It was like a lot of little things. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. Um, you know, we'll we'll jump forward a little bit. He finds out his mom has breast cancer, which um, you know, is obviously very much true. Very much true. You know, as this movie shows as much good that you know happened in this guy's life. He also had probably you know it, it was a very fifty fifty of good and bad, um, you know for him, uh, you know just he did have a lot of drama in his life, um, you know early on more than I, I I can't even say later because I mean he died at twenty four. There was no later in life for this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, you know, he he did have a lot of drama, a lot of troubles. But, you know, he even said at one time, you know, more money, more problems. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, which became a song for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we said a lot of his little, you know, little sayings that he had became full-fledged songs. It was just the way he was. Mm-hmm. You know, had had a way with words and could just turn him, turn anything into a song. Uh, but you know, his mom did survive, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Puffy ended up with Bad Boy Records, which is where we start getting, you know, this is where we do get the first album from, you know, Biggie. Yeah. And and now before you even go any further, Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was so nice of Puffy to, uh, give Craig Mack a, 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 a 15, (laughs) 
in the movie. He had to. I mean, it was, it was impossible to tell the story and not at least mention Craig Mack. I mean, and, and Craig. I mean, look. I mean, people. People like Craig Mack is a forgotten man because obviously, big once Biggie came along, uh, it would be the equivalent of okay, Vince in the '80s had Snooker. All of a sudden, he sees Hogan. Okay, I'm gonna latch my uh, wagon to Hogan now. Mm-hmm. That's that's essentially what it was because Craig Mack was like his initial. Yeah, well, he was like the initial guy that was going to take him to the promised land. But then right. once he linked up with Biggie, was just like fuck Craig Mack. <laughs> that was yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah, that's just what happened. And and you only literally only hear about him like for 15 seconds in the movie. And I well, like Craig Mack. I like Craig Mack. I really do. He just, you don't he, even. He, he, there's not even 15 seconds. He literally just no. goes, he literally says he his walk. name. He's like, look, <laughs> here's a Big Mac. Get it? I brought this to what's his name. Here's, you know, get it? Biggie and Craig Mac, a Big Mac. <laughs> and that was it. Over. Never heard Craig Mac's name again. They <laughs> <laughs> had to mention him. But, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, they, uh, Puffy had Craig Mac before he had Big, but this was right at the time when, the sound was transitioning. The whole style was transitioning. I mean, Craig Mack was a street dude, but he wasn't—he wasn't really talking a lot of like he wasn't telling stories the way Big did. Craig Mack was basically like a freestyle type rapper. A lot of his songs was just him getting on the microphone and flexing and bragging, and and that's cool. Like that's the type of stuff that I personally like to hear. Yeah. But the whole sound was changing. Big was telling stories, you know and, uh... about. Go ahead. No, no, but I'm actually going to send you a link uh, after we, I guess, uh, get off. There's actually a documentary about uh, Craig Mack on YouTube that's very good. Yeah? Yeah, it's very good, and they kind of break down the whole, not the, this not the Craig Mack story, but um, the long the long end of it is him and Puffy kind of got into some uh, conflict over the fact that Puffy was like, you know how he kind of like molded big into like uh yeah. Almost yes. like the, uh, like from like he went from like a street dude to like the Teflon Don. He put him in Gucci yep. and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. He wanted to do that with Craig Mack. Yeah, Craig Mack was just like insistent that he wanted to stay like to the streets and he wanted to right. And it, it, that was what the conflict was, and that's why he kind of got slowly pu- pushed to the side. Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a YouTube clip of a famous interview where like uh, Puffy's talking about Big. He's talking about Craig Mack, the new Craig Mack out, and uh, Craig Mack gave him this look. Right, like what? <laughs> New album. <laughs> and a lot of people actually point to that as like once Puff saw that back on tape, he said that's kind of like where that's where things started to shift. Right. But like he was just so like he got he almost like fired himself from Bad Boy. Yeah. In a lot of ways, because like after a while, Puff was like, "Fuck this." At least Big, even though Big probably put up a little resistance, he he at least was smart enough to realize that look, Puffy got me this far. Let me ride ride out with this dude and like do what he want a little bit. They kind of like compromised on some things. Well, let's let, let's be honest here. A, a, a check for sixty thousand dollars will will pretty much keep you where you're at. And that's yeah. what he and and that's what he gave him. That you know the Big Mac I mentioned, there was a sixty thousand dollar check in there for you know Biggie. That'll keep you with a guy. That's dude. Money talks. Yeah, it's plain and simple. If you're, if you're- if you're coming from a place where you don't see large amounts of money like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, legally, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, he's he had probably seen that kind of money, but not legally. 
If you see that kind of money legally and know, holy shit, I mean, wait a minute, I can spend this, like, on anything? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. like, like, like I, I don't have to launder it or anything? You know, I mean, that's just, that'll keep you with somebody. Look, I don't care if you just started your company. You just gave me 60 grand. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. I mean, that would hook me. I don't know about you, know, you guys. I, and, and looking looking back to uh, Straight Outta Compton, which we did a, a few weeks ago, uh, that's how Jerry Heller tried to get Ice Cube. You mm-hmm. know, he's like, hey, sign the contract. This money is, is yours. Ice Cube was smart enough not to jump on that. Yep. You know, because anybody else would have. A lot of people would have. Ice Cube was smart enough to say, you know, I got to take this to a lawyer. And as soon as he saw, you know, Heller and, you know, try to back talk the lawyer or try to talk him out of taking it to a lawyer, he knew something was up, mm-hmm. you know, according to the movie. But, uh, yeah, it was that was fucking very smart. You know, luckily, he did. I mean, Jesus Christ, look what it did for his fucking career. The guy, yeah. again, I mean, look, there's another guy. I mean, I, I actually like Ice Cube's music, but God damn, has he done, he's had an amazing career after. Yeah. After, you know, the whole gangster rap career. He's had a great career, man. You can make fun of the guy all you want. You can, I mean, you can make fun of him. You can say he's sold out, but he's got more money than most of us. He's a smart guy, man. Yeah. He transitioned. Because think about it. He, he, his, I think his first movie, correct me if I'm wrong, was Boys in the Hood, right? He didn't do yeah. anything before that. Uh-huh. And then, like, he transitions from that. A serious, think about it. He literally transitioned from that. He had a cameo on CB4. He, he was in Glass Shield. Friday. Mm-hmm. But he was in Glass Shield before yeah, that. Yeah. Glass Shield was a great <laughs> underrated movie, yeah. by the way. Oh, you would like that. That's your type of movie, Boxman. That, I that did. That was a John Singleton movie. That and was... Ice Cube. Uh, John Singleton used Ice Cube to promote that movie because Cube wasn't in that movie much. He hadn't. The only acting he had done before that was Boys in the Hood. Where he basically played Ice Cube. <laughs> Doughboy was basically Ice Cube. Yeah, I mean, so, he did. So in he... Glass Shield, he was playing a different character. So he didn't like his acting chops weren't all the way there. So he didn't do much at all. Yeah, Glass but I liked. Field. I did. Was that the, that wasn't the one with Jamie Lee Curtis? Was it? Uh, I don't no. remember. Don't remember. I don't think she was it's been so long. So let me look that up. I, I'm looking it up too because it's it's a it's a tough one for me to remember. But I do remember that look. It was a cop movie. Come on, give me a, <laughs> give me a goddamn fucking break, man. Glass Shield movie. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. That's taking me back too. That was like '94, '93. That was '94, actually. '94. Yeah. Let's see who was in that. I was I was just starting college when that came out. All right, Eric Anderson, Richard We really are going on the Wayback Machine tonight. Because yeah. really Ice, Ice Cube was not the star, but he was all over the poster. He was all over the trailers. He was, it was Lori uh, Petty. Yeah, I know. Lori I, Petty. Lori Petty, thank you. That's who's it. She's, a, she's all right. I, think I, thought, I always thought she was a little cutie. Yeah. Uh, s- <laughs> sexiest movie she was in was Point Break with Keanu. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I actually love that movie. I that's a great. I, I, I have you have you seen the new one? I have not. I gotta I gotta check that out. I haven't either. I've got it on my uh, on my drive, but I have not watched it yet. I, I, I can't... remember heard a little movie called uh, Tank Girl. Tank she Girl. Also, she was also in Poetic Justice. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. What a. Uh... And she was in um, 
Jesus Christ. Cadillac Man with uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, she was. She was. She was pretty hot in that movie, too. Uh, Lila. She played Lila. That was her name. And the, I, I don't know if either one of you... I don't know if either one of you guys saw this one, but uh, I would recommend seeing it just for the absurdity of it. Relax, it's just sex. Oh, I've never even heard of that. No. I would, that it's up. a romantic comedy, but it's it's worth seeking out. It came out in 98. Wow. Right. Yep, never seen it. Never seen it. Um... Imagine the part in the movie right now where Puffy is asking uh, Biggie to make something he can do on uh, on the radio, <laughs> and he gives he, he plays this album from what was the name of that juicy what was juicy it? Fruit. thank juicy you juicy fruit. fruit and everyone's laughing in the background <laughs> but you know after. Um, after more weed and some girls and a few blowjobs, he makes it work. <laughs> um, I could probably make a song work after that. Let's face it. <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck what it is. I could make it work. Shit. For fucking a, a few blowjobs and some weed, I'll, 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 I'll write you a song. <laughs> what you want? I never understood. I never understood what problem he had with that track, man. I mean, I was a DJ from way back in the day, and, you know, I, I messed around in some music, and that was a track that I've always liked, you know? And my mother used to play that song, the original, so <laughs> I, I, I thought it was all right. I don't know what the problem was. Well, I mean, obviously he wanted to... Go ahead, Anthony. No, no, I was saying, because you have to look at it like we were still... Even though Gangsta Rat was starting to kind of like... It was like, I guess it was still... At the height, we were starting to kind of transition out of it a little bit. As Bobby stated earlier, the sound was starting to change. And he was still connected to the street a little bit. He he didn't know, like, that song is kind of like, in comparison to, like, hardcore gangster rap, it's like a different type of beat. Yeah, he wanted to keep it gritty. He did, but you know what? Puffy had a good, a, a really good point at the time. If I can't get you on the radio, you're just going to be another guy. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to, you know, just be this, be that. But, you know, and this song did get him radio. Listen, this song got him a lot of radio play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. And um, during the during the daytime, which was almost unheard of for rap songs. Right. Well, again, this was pre-Janet Jackson show to boob and fucked up radio somehow. Um. I, I'm trust me. I'm still baffled by how uh, how Janet Jackson showing a boob fucked up radio, but it, was it a did. Powerful Teddy. That was powerful a titty. very that 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 was the, the, the t- oh I'm looking at titties right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking at ooh ass titties ass titty. <laughs> There was a lot of titty in this movie. I like this movie, by the way. This was a great, great titty movie. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of nice titties in this movie. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. But it, it was, uh, man, the titties threw me off. <laughs> they will do that. <laughs> they will do that. But yeah, they don't well, I know this did bring us back to the point where, you know, Anthony said earlier, you know, he would go into the studio and just kind of joke around and, uh, you know, five or 10 minutes later, come out with, you know, a fucking uh, a hit, 
And that's what he did here, you know, after, you know, came out, did not want to do this. But obviously this song ended up being one of his biggest hits and got, like I said before, a shitload of radio play. Listen, this was a crossover song. You heard this song on the, you know, I'm not sure if they were still called Easy Listening or Adult Contemporary at the time, but... You know, probably the adult contemporary stations. You heard the, this uh, this song on those stations. You heard them on the hip hop stations. It wasn't just a song you heard on the hip hop stations. You know what I mean? Right, right. right. It, it was on the you know uh, the uh, uh, sl- slow listening adult stations too. It, it it did its job. Puffy was smart by doing this. Yeah. Very fucking smart. So, you know, we said before, you know, he's he's an incredibly smart businessman and still is to this day. Listen, he's kept himself relevant and rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that that that's not easy to do in the business he was in, you know, the, the, the rap thing. So, you know, give it give it up. I mean, he's gotten into the clothes business. He's gotten into this and that. He, I'm sure he's invested in a ton more businesses we don't even know about. Right. So, hey. Whatever, man. He uses money wisely. He's not blowing it on fucking cocaine and hookers. So, hey, good for him. Yeah. I mean, maybe a co- maybe cocaine and hookers here and there, but you know, you know. Probably. <laughs> it, it, it's He's not going guy. broke. No. He's not going broke. So there you go. Nope. And it's not funny we all. bring him up because um I don't know, Bobby. Did you see uh I don't I don't know how recent it was. It might have been like a couple months. He kind of went on his rant about. Where hip hop is today, and he wasn't happy. He like it's like he like he just woke up and the camera was on. He just was like, "I'm not happy with hip hop now, and maybe I'm part of." He like was blaming himself. He just like mm. went on like this rant about it. No, I haven't seen that. Is that on I would YouTube? Look, I would look it up on YouTube. It's like he kind of he's kind of disheveled. He's not puffy. He's not looking puffy like. Mm. Send me that link if you can find that. Yeah, I I'll am. Check it out later. Check that out later. Yeah. yeah, but he was just—he's like one of the people. He's kind of like me. He's like he—he he said he's very—he's very removed from like what hip hop was. He said, yeah. "How did we go from Tupac and Biggie to the shit we got now?" Yeah. He just—he just was—he just was like a, it was like a stream of consciousness type of thing. Well, I mean, yeah, man, I can go ahead, Bobby. I can see why he would feel that way too. I—I I feel that way. Like, what the hell happened? You know? And Puffy actually—he had been busy. He'd been so busy, you know, in and out of music because he was doing a lot of pop stuff that a lot of people don't realize. But like you said, Boxman, his other business ventures, he was focusing on other things. So when he had a minute to step back, he looked at he looked at what people call hip hop right now. And he's like, what the fuck is this? You know, that's exactly how I feel. Like, what is this shit? Like, the music doesn't sound like music. Nobody's really rapping. What the fuck are all these stupid noises everybody's making? Yeah. Nobody's telling stories. Everybody sounds the same. Every single rapper sounds like the same fucking rapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he came up like I said. He like I said he came up with Biggie, and he, despite the differences, he came up with he came up in that like what a lot of people consider to be the golden age of hip hop in like the early nineties. Yeah. And when you go from like the the NWAs, the Ice Cubes, the Tupacs, the Biggies, the Nas's, the Jay Z, and like you listen to the shit we got now, I think. The last pure MC that we had was probably Eminem. Eminem, there were there were a couple. You know, we had Ludacris. There were a couple here and there. As far as as far as I would say that that came after 
that generation with those guys you just named. Yeah, Eminem, um, Ludacris, and then you got a handful of people here and there, but nobody who's really a powerhouse. It's like everybody stopped trying. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, dude, I can't even... I mean, you know, Wrestling Soup plays some of this new shit on their show all sometimes, and I'm just like, what the oh, that's Yeah, that's all Joey. <laughs> that's what? all Joey. What the fuck is this shit? It's yeah. called Trap Music Pop. <laughs> right. Uh, that's even worse than anything else. Uh, that's horrible. It's awful. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm at the part right now where the, uh, where, um, uh, Biggie's first album is dropping. He's in the club, which, by the way, is his first look at Faith Evans. Um, but now, this is also the interview he did with Tupac, which I believe is on YouTube. I would play this for you, but I can't. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, you guys wouldn't hear it. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. it's not worth me playing. I mean, the, the chat room would hear it, but you guys wouldn't. So... But, um, you know, I mean, the, the, I believe this real interview is on YouTube, though, with them at the club. Uh, it I was think being so. recorded. I, I believe it is. I, I don't remember. Um, and this is actually the part we talked about before, right after the club scene, is where we see him telling uh, Lil' Kim to take off the shirt, leave the suspenders. God, glad he did that in this scene. Cause, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, you, you, you see a lot of her titties in this movie. Yeah. Which, which, a, a, a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Never. Ironically enough, I think she was one of the. She was pretty much. She was unhappy with her portrayal in the movie. Kim, <laughs> yeah. I was happy with it. It was a few people that was pissed off, like from the biggies or like. Uh, I think Junior Mop. I mean, it was the guy named Lil C's. Lil they kind of played him. They kind of played him off as like a little stooge. It was like, yeah, yeah. That, the kid they had playing Little C's. I I gotta say this was awful. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that was too far off from the real Little C, but that was like kind of like, yeah. That was that 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 little that that uh, little bit of acting was a little bit suspect in my opinion. Yeah, I I don't think that they. I think a lot of the characters they figure weren't important enough to really try to nail Black down. Out. Well, yeah. you know, it's hard to, I don't know, though. That's It's hard to say that, because the guy that they had, Puffy, I just cannot accept him as Puffy. I can't. He was, it was awful. I'm sorry. It, it was, it, like, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I saw him on screen, it felt like it, it was supposed to be a serious scene, but whenever he came on, it just felt like a, it turned into a comedy. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like he was smiling through everything. It, it just didn't work. Well, it didn't work. I guess a little. I don't know. It. 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 I'm. Tr I'm trying to think of exactly how it felt, but it really wasn't. Like I said, the guy who played Puffy was horrible. The guy who played Tupac was just not right at all. I hate. I feel bad saying because Anthony Mackie, that's the guy who played him. He's a good actor, but it just wasn't right. It, it was like a character. Like I said earlier, with the guy playing Puff, they had. It, it was almost like somebody just showed them. Tupac footage or fucking Puffy footage, and instead of like studying it and really b embracing the character, they just like were a caricature. They just oh, this yeah, is a it was. Thing. I would say it was less like they were acting and more like they were pretending. If that makes any sense. Oh, it does. Like, yeah, look, I'm pretending to be Tupac. You know, 
Yeah. I'm saying the words that he was saying. That's it what was, it came off. It was odd choices, to say the least. You know, just very weird choices for those characters. But, again, at least the guy that they were focusing on who played Biggie was very good oh, yeah. at it. Oh, which I would say he covered everyone else a little bit. Yes. A, just a little bit. Um you know, but you know, it, it, I mean, you know, it, it shows him here at a at a, a a record signing where, you know, everyone is just loving the guy, yeah. white kids, Asian kids, you know, everybody. Yeah. Um, and he, he does, was not a pity, so you knew he blew up at that point. Of course, uh, and he does end up marrying Faith Evans. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually get married on my birthday in 1994, August fourth. August fourth. <laughs> yep, that's my birthday. Uh, August 4th, 1994, that's when they um, end up getting married. And, uh, you know, it shows he has a hard time with the faithful part of the vows. <laughs> which should have put it a little bit of a red flag for her. Uh- <laughs> 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 Since you brought it up, Box, uh, are you familiar with a song? Uh, what was the name of that song? Used to Love Me? They played that the hell out of that song on the fucking radio. Oh, and the movie kind of like explains the genesis of where that song came from. You're not talking about the Guns N' Roses song, right? No, um, what was that song? By, um, Bobby, help me out. Now. What was it? Used to love me. Mm. I remember the day you used to love. They used to what the fuck. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know the song. I, yeah, yeah, they uh, played that. Sh- that was one of them songs that they played ad nauseum in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I worked at an urban station. That was on. That was in heavy rotation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was inspired by a big unfaithfulness. Apparently, there were a lot. There was a lot of truth in a lot of the songs that they made. <laughs> <laughs> and and the funny thing is, like when you saw Faith, like she always kind of had like this, like very like soft spoken demeanor. But the, <laughs> when she beat the shit out of the one chick, and Big said, "I wasn't even fucking." <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you you, you should have been. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know about you, but at that point, I'm like, fuck it. I should have fucked. <laughs> at that point. <laughs> at that point, I'm still going to fuck her. I'm sorry. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, she had a busted nose. Her, hip, I mean, her leg probably was out of whack. You'll be all right. Go take a shower. Go take a shower. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I got some. Uh, he, 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 bring a Chris Ryan. Go, go get some Robitussin. Kind of told on himself. He said, uh, you know, um, I'm gonna let my man use the room for the night. And that kind of that set off alarms. Mm. You never give your lady a reason to be suspicious. No, yeah. no. And actually, that's got pretty much the part I'm on right now. Um, and, you know, after that, you know, it does show uh, shows her recording a song. Obviously, you know, you guys were talking about it. Inspired by his unfaithfulness, but uh, you know, he ends up making up with her this time. But uh, you know, it shows his relationship with little Kim uh, mm-hmm. deteriorating more and more. Uh, this one scene where it actually shows him screaming at her because you know he's obviously still banging her while he's you know married, but. Um, you know, it, it does show the de- you know deterioration of their relationship throughout the movie. Which, well, what the hell was that? No, oh, that was me. That was oh. me. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 
which you know eventually does you know pick back up a little bit at the end of the movie, which you know we'll get to that. But you know it, it shows Biggie going back to the you know after making all the money, going back and you know just number one hit after number one hit after number one hit. You know, I mean, we said earlier this guy blew up fast. I don't think that's the word for it, fast. I mean, out of, I mean, Jesus, out of nowhere, he was smoking hot. Just, you know, white hot out of nowhere. Yeah, and in terms of radio hits, I mean, three songs immediately spring to mind. You talked about Juicy. Be remiss if we didn't mention Big Papa and uh, One More Chance Remix. Those three songs essentially made that man. If he never made another song after those three songs came out, he would have been set for fucking life. Well, that's back when radio play actually meant something. I mean, now radio play don't mean jack shit. There was also another song, uh, Dolly My Baby, with uh, Mary J. Blige and Supercat. Uh, Big was on the remix, uh, along with Jesse West, uh, Third Eye, and... Biggie set it the hell off. That song would not have been what it became if not for Biggie. If you're not familiar with the song, look it up. Dolly, my baby, Biggie killed it. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I will actually look that up after the show because I can't do yeah. shit right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, this is uh, – we can now get into the part where uh, Tupac gets shot. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, we can we can get into that right now. Um, and obviously, studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, uh, Biggie makes a point of saying in this movie, you know, after he gets shot, he goes up to the, you know, the the twelfth floor where they're at, and you know, he didn't know who to trust, and he started blaming everybody. So you know, he, he starts blaming Biggie, and this is where the East Coast West Coast war. And I'm using, Mm -hmm. I'm finger quoting war here, starts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is obviously the first time Tupac is shot. He makes it through this one. Right. You know, but uh, this is technically where the war starts. He actually blames Biggie for setting him up, which obviously he didn't. No. Um, You know, Biggie even says, you know, I warned him about the people he, you know, the company he was keeping. Those guys didn't look right. But, uh, you know, flipping the fuck out, trying to, you know, see Tupac, even though he's blaming him. They won't even let him see him in the hospital, which really pisses him off. But, uh, you know, again, right then and there, the news starts blowing it way out of proportion, blaming Biggie, saying Tupac is blaming Biggie. (laughs) And, uh, you know, like like you guys said before, new the the news blew this war up before they even knew it was happening. In my opinion, now, <laughs> Bobby, let me uh, ask your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Put yourself back in nineteen uh, ninety. This would have been late ninety four and then ninety five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your pers- you know you know twenty some odd years removed? What's your perspective on uh who shot you? Because that, that that song added a lot of. <laughs> let right. me tell you. Let me tell you. With that, it was bad timing that's all it was because that song existed before tupac was shot yeah yeah that, that's been a long-standing uh, rumor on it yeah it was it, that song existed uh kind of a while before tupac was shot 
it was released at the most inopportune time. And with Big, I don't know if you ever saw the cover of that, but I don't know. I think there might have been different covers to the single. But on one cover, he's standing there holding a gun with his hands. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Who shot you? I don't know. It was yeah. bad timing. The, the thing about that song is that song was originally a Mary J. Blige song. And um, it was going to, the song was for Mary J. Blige. The track was what it was. And it was going to feature Biggie, Keith Murray from Def Squad. Oh, yeah, yeah. And LL Cool J. Um, cool J, well, Biggie, Biggie and Keith Murray dropped their verses. And um, Cool J was ready to drop his. And he heard them and he was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not following that. <laughs> you know, I'm not following that. Hey, he did pretty good on his, uh, his little <laughs> on the, on the uh, version he released. Oh, on the... Uh, yeah, but you know, he was like, no, 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 thanks. He was like, I'm good. He didn't want to follow up. So, <laughs> he was so, like, I can't follow that. Right. So they did it. Uh, Big, Biggie and Keith Murray dropped their verses. Mary J. Blige heard the track and she was like, this is dope, but you know, it's a little too hard. You know, I'm, I, I, I don't really think that I should be on something this hard. So she kind of just backed out of it and the track wasn't going anywhere. Eventually, uh, Keith pulled his verse off and uh, out of it and did a use that verse for a song he did with Eric Sermon and Biggie just took the whole song. So that song was in existence for a while before Pot got shot. Huh. That's funny. Yeah. yeah just, and then it just happened to be released after Pot got shot. Like right at that time. So it was just that was just terrible, terrible timing. And at that point you, you, your man gets shot. He blaming you. You come out with a song. Who shot? <laughs> Who shot and then of course the fans didn't help. They was gassing it up. Like. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. They you know they, they actually show where he does that song at a concert. You know out of like out of nowhere in in Cal in Cali mm. when he was you know they were basically holding up Tupac signs and booing him. Uh, he put that song out and they turned on <laughs> his like, side. Yeah, basically, you know, fuck it, can't beat him, join him. Um, <laughs> that's you know, they, they do show that part. Now I, I'm at the part where they get the picture of uh, Tupac and Faith Evans. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tupac had a verse in his song where it was saying that he fucked his wife. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he did or didn't. I don't know if anybody really knows. But, Big apparently, uh, well, the, the movie kind of makes it seem like Big might have uh, believed something was going on based on his reaction. Well, I, mean, I, I would, I would have thought it too. I mean, Tupac said it, and Tupac had charm too, and you know, I, I would have thought the same thing. Who knows? Yeah, and not yeah. to mention, it, if if she was feeling like Big was being unfaithful, right? Well, what's the best way? Like he could fuck a a fucking million nameless chicks. But if you fuck the one man that you know he got problems with, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all it takes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it, it, this you know shows him actually, you know, breaking into the interview she's doing, shaking the shit out of her. <laughs> uh, you know, and, but, uh, you know, once again, Puppy trying to calm him down, you know, take it, take it easy. He does you know go back try to make up with his wife doesn't work 
<clears throat> you know, she finally says, no, this is it. I got to go. And she does. <laughs> you know what, Puffy? I want to bring up two points real quick, Bob. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Puffy played the role of, of uh, Paulie here. You got to go home. Go yeah. out, do what you got to do, but you got to go home. Yep. That's basically what that was. Yep, you're right. He did. Yeah, you got to go home. You got to go home. You can't. I, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I, I know how to settle this. Tell it used to be just like it was. You're gonna be all romance again. You're just gonna love it. All right, but um, you know, it, it 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 you know goes from there. You know, there's a part where you know it 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 basically starts talking. After that, it starts talking about how the West Coast, East Coast. There's even a part where it's you know real people talking about it and you can tell these are real 90s scenes just by the clothes the grit the mm-hmm. grainess of the video and uh you know they're playing scenes you know everyone you know you know fuck biggie fuck tupac you know west coast east coast yeah. and uh you know th- that's the scene i was talking about where he does you know start you know playing that song who shot you uh you know in, in at the concert in california you know and, and obviously you know uh, he comes home after that, and Tupac was shot in Las Vegas, and didn't make it this time. Yeah, you know, uh, so you know, obviously everyone remembers that. Yeah. Uh, and right after that, Biggie gets into a car accident. Yeah. So we're at that part right now where he's you know get it, he gets into the car accident. I would say this is a turning point for him, you know, in, in his life. Um, you know, I, I had mentioned before there's a part where, you know, he's basically looking at a uh, Richard Pryor video, you know, it, while laid up in, you know, I, I don't know where he is, but while he's laid up, he's looking at a Richard Pryor video. Richard Pryor explaining why he doesn't call people the N-word anymore. You know, you can see Biggie starts thinking about it. Um, yeah. Now, while he's in here, his buddy that did the uh, the three-year bid for him, D-Rock, comes back and starts talking to him and, uh, you know, really kind of gets him thinking, really gets him thinking. And uh, this is kind of where he decides to change up what his music is about. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys want to elaborate a little bit more on that, but go for it if you want to. Um, I don't really, honestly, I don't remember the, the part in the movie too much, but what I do, what I do know, what I do remember from hearing around, you know, basically the hip hop grapevine was, um, yeah, Biggie's frame of thinking was changing a little bit. He was, um, considering, uh, maybe going in a slightly different direction he was actually considering leaving bad boy he was gonna leave puffy or he oh, was that, least... was, that was fake um that yeah, was fake yeah i think there's i think there might be like some interviews where he might have mentioned something along those lines not just straight up saying that he was gonna leave but you know he was he was considering going in a different direction hmm. that might have been around that time yeah huh nice yeah, so I'm imagine gonna... Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. So uh, imagine um, at that time he was he was considering leaving uh, Bad Boy. He was leaving considering leaving Puffy. It was also pretty fairly well known how unhappy Tupac was with his situation at uh, Death Row, even though he was 
deep into that gang life for some stupid reason. Um, he wanted he wanted out. So just imagine if both of those guys would have lived, you know, just how different things would be right now. They would be on a completely they would have been on a completely different trajectory than uh, yeah. where they were headed. And all of the influence that they had on all of these all of the young rappers who came out, the generation after them, who focused on just all of the negative street, the shoot 'em up drugs and violence that they talked about without looking deeper into everything else that they were doing, all of that would have been different because none of them would have existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a scene in the movie where, like, when Big's talking to his daughter, he basically, you know, here's a guy who raps about some of the nastiest, most violent shit you've ever heard. And you're like, don't ever let a man call you bitch. Yeah. Right. Now, Big Smalls. Think about that for me. Well, right. that was also right after he was talking to little Kim and said, fuck you, bitch, in front of his daughter. You know, so he did want to try to make a point to, you know, and now, which, again, you know, I, I'm I'll just kind of, you know, we're basically finished almost with the movie because um, we are right at that part where he's actually going to Puffy and saying, you know, I want to change. And, you know, if you're OK with it, this is what I want to do. Uh, Puffy is OK with it. And, you know, he. He's not only changing his music, but, you know, this is what I wanted to bring up. He starts trying to change his life. He's obviously trying to spend more time with his children. Um, You know, he he writes, you know, this rap song where he talks about his kids and this and that and being a dad. And, you know, he, he says, you know, right when he's listening back to it, finally, he even says, you know, now I've made it. This, you know, now I'm the greatest in the world. You know, just you can see he's becoming a different person. He's obviously trying to make a relationship between both of his children, which he was kind of ignoring the relationship with his daughter and concentrating on the relationship with his son, with uh, with Faith Evans. So, you know, he, he was trying to mend you know the the void he had with his daughter while also you know trying to bring his kids together you know he was actually trying to get his kids both to be out in LA together um you know right before you know the, the shooting happened uh you know he was making plans to have both of his children out there with him you know which which really makes it for you know uh, makes it even sadder but, uh, yeah. you know, what we do have to bring up, he was also, him and his crew were getting death threats this this, right. this whole time because they were going to California to promote this new album. Um, you know, they kind of thought it was over. You know, he never has a conversation. His mother's even worried about him coming out there. But, you know, um, but, you know, even then, you know, he, he, he was trying to get, you know, he called little Kim. You know, he was even trying to mend, you know, mend things with her and everybody. Just, you know, it's almost like, you know, in the movie, it's almost like he knew something was going on, going down that night. You know, calling little Kim, saying what he said to her, you know, let's when we get back to New York, I want to I want to squash everything, you know, make everything right and just, you know, start doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, even the interviews like it was like cause what a lot of people don't realize he did like a whole slew of interviews in that uh that last week or so of his life 
Well, he was he was getting ready to drop an album. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like when he was out in L.A., he did like a lot of interviews, and I'm mm-hmm. saying like obviously Tupac's name came up, and it's that famous clip of um. He was like more shocked than he was like more like shocked than anything in him dying, not in him dying because he said Pac was always getting shot or shot at. He just figured he would heal up from it, do another album about it, and that'd be the end of it. Right. But when he died, it was just like whoa, and that's what kind of caught him off guard. And I think that's what kind of like changed his mindset on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Pac dying, and that, that to me is like an underrated aspect of what kind of led to him changing. Because I think yeah. that's when it, it hit him, like, what this music was doing to, like, yeah. the people around him and, and, like, how, like, oh, I need to get my shit together. Well, you can see he never wanted any of this. And the the movie brings that out. He never wanted any of this to become as... He never wanted this West Coast, East Coast feud. He never did. And it, I'm not going to... I mean, it, it's almost like in the movie he he didn't understand why it was so big or... Or something, but he never wanted it. He, you know, one big part in the movie we forgot. I mean, he even says to his mother when you know when Pac dies, "I just always thought I'd have time to straighten it out." You know, he he wanted to straighten it out, and they would have. And honestly, look, you know, I, I think they would. They would. They would have straightened it out. They really would have. Because if you yeah. if you look at that last interview. That Poggy, it was the one, the famous one where uh, they were on MTV. The last, I think it was his last interview. Snoop was sitting next to him because they they had, they was beefing at the time. That's why Snoop didn't say too much during that interview and Pog did all the talking. <laughs> but he kind of like even then he kind of like you could tell he was like changing because that bullshit contract, you know, the famous toilet paper contract. Because at that point he was trying to get out of jail that he signed with Suge Knight. And I, the deal was three albums and then I'm done with you. All Eyes on Me counted as two albums. <laughs> so he was already plotting to get away from Death Row before he was on Death Row. Yeah. He just signed that shit to get out of jail. That was it. He wrote yeah. two All Eyes on Me counted as two albums. Machiavelli, the one that came out like a month or so after he passed away, was the third album. After that album dropped, he would have been done. As of like November, December of 96, he would have been done. He already had his own label. Set up. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, but, I mean, yeah, it even talks in the movie about how Suge Knight did bail him out. And, you know, he's like, you know, Tupac's been all into this, you know, East and West Coast thing since Suge bailed him out. So, you know, it, it just, but obviously, you know, Biggie didn't want any of this. And it really makes it just a worse thing that he passed when he did again. Not just the fact that he was 24 years old, which, holy shit, way too young to go. I mean, like like we were saying the whole, you know, you're still a kid, but he was really trying to turn his life around, mend fences, um, you know, w- w- with some people that he had wronged. And again, just it, it, to me, it looked like he was starting to concentrate on his kids and, uh, you know, try to make that life work for him. And, you know, hey, why not rap about, you know, we might have got a lot more, you know, songs about him, you know, being a dad and, you know, his kids and everything had it not, you know, had it not been for this night. But, uh, you know, obviously this night he ended up at a stoplight and shots were thrown into his car. He died from it. You know, they tried to get him to a hospital, but didn't make it. Um, You know, again, you know, you know, the ending of the movie. 
I hate to say it, but you know the ending. But uh, go ahead, Bobby. You were going to say something. I was clearing my throat, but uh, yeah, oh. his, his death. His death was was totally senseless. I mean, of course, you know every everything that everything that we could say about it, it is speculation. But um, as far as I as far as I would guess, you know, it was uh, it was retaliation from people who figured. Uh, Tupac died, so Biggie has to die, and that's just—it's just so stupid. Mm-hmm. He had nothing to do with Tupac dying whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just—it was—it was a sense—it was completely senseless. Just an overzealous fan. I mean, you know, I—I I know you guys might not even, I, Bobby, you might not know what I'm talking about, but I'm Anthony may not. I mean, like when that crazy fan came out in Texas and shot Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. th- just an overzealous fan who takes shit way too fucking seriously, mm-hmm. takes amazing artists from us, you know, j- what the f- come on, quit being yeah. a selfish little pansy fucking butch up. Um, yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they never did find, nope. they, they've never no. found this shooter. No. Hmm. No. Okay. Never will. Uh, probably not. Um, now, you know... Uh, the end of this movie, by the way, um, is actually really good. The last, uh, you know, 15 minutes of it, uh, you know, they're carrying out the coffin. But it, the part where, you know, his mom, again, played by Angela Bassett, is driving through, you know, the last thing she says in this movie really is, I just want to bring him home one more time. Takes him back to New York and... uh the end of this movie actually starts playing real clips of when he was being carried through New York. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's one point in this movie that, you know, I, I really wish I could play it for you because it would be a lot more impactful. But, you know, she says there's one point where she's driving and someone cranks up a radio and she hears her son's voice. And, you know, everyone's dancing in the crowd and you know, if, if if you watch that, if you watch that on the news back then, this that that was real footage. The streets were lined in New York City with people watching watching that car, and they were dancing in the streets. They had radios going. I remember they played yep. hypnotized. Yep, it was a party, you know, and um, you know, it, it was a really you know, a, a really touching ending to the movie, but uh, you know the the fact that they use real clips, I think, even made it better. Yeah, 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 yeah. real good. But um, like I said, man, I really, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I really did. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to. I wasn't sure what they were going to concentrate on. Again, it really wasn't about the music. It really concentrated on the life story of you know Christopher Wallace not yeah. I'm not even going to say it concentrated on the biggie it concentrated on Christopher Wallace Exactly you know what I'm I'm glad you said that because one one difference between Notorious and Straight Outta Compton that I noticed is that yeah uh Notorious is based on Chris Wallace mm-hmm. um whereas Straight Outta Compton is based on the characters that you know, that uh, 
NWA right, wanted right. you to see them as. Mm-hmm. Um, Notorious was not fiction, fictionalized. This was his story. This is this is what actually happened. You know, nothing was really changed to fit the character of Biggie that everybody knew him as. Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good I, pure I, movie. Yeah, it, pure movie. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that they concentrated on him, and, and again, not the character. You know, like, like both of us just <laughs> said, Christopher Wallace instead of Biggie. But I don't know. I, I just re- I really liked this movie. I thought it was very well done, and uh, you know, I, I I just wasn't sure if they were going to concentrate on all the music or if they're going to concentrate on the whole you know, West Coast East Coast thing. But they really went into a, you know deep into the life and the I, I guess you could say behind the scenes life of Christopher Wallace, which I really enjoyed seeing. And again, maybe me knowing me knowing absolutely nothing about his life helped, but uh, great mm-hmm. movie. I mean, I, I would, I'll, I'll, I will watch this again at some point. Good, good. Yeah. You went into it with no preconceived notions, so you didn't really have any. You didn't go into it prejudging it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so that's why you kind of walked away like, ah, this wasn't so bad after all. I'll tell you the truth. I wasn't crazy about watching it, um, but as I watched it. I, I I really got I felt like I could you know tell I was getting into it and mm-hmm. you know and like Anthony said Jesus before I knew it it was over yeah yeah you know I, I was like wait a minute we're already back to wait wait, wait 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 he's already getting shot wait a minute how long has it been and I'm like oh there's only 13 minutes left what the fuck just happened <laughs> right you know it really a, a a quick going two hour movie but. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I didn't know if I was going to. I wasn't crazy about watching it, but uh, <laughs> I will definitely sort, you know, seek this out to watch it again. It's uh, it's already saved on my uh, external hard drive for my TV. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Um, and, you know, Weeze bring up this, it brings up this movie did do very well in the box office at the time. The budget was 20 box office it hit 44.4 million nice that's nothing to laugh at 20 uh 20.4 million i'll uh i'll take i would take that yeah yeah um let's see i'm gonna look through the uh there's not a lot of uh you know did you know type trivia um Jamal Wood- Woolard obviously heavily heavily prepared for the his role in this movie for months uh, listening, remembering lyrics to a variety of songs by Biggie, he gained weight and he even took vocal lessons at Juilliard. <laughs> at Juilliard to get wow. this voice right. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had it down. He had the the whole Biggie had a way of breathing when he talked. <laughs> yes, <laughs> everything like the facial, like the facial, because Big had the lazy eye for a minute. Yeah. And it was like he even like down to like facial expressions. I'm like, as I swear, I like I got lost in this movie. I really felt like I was watching Big again. Yeah, yeah. I really, I, really, I felt like it was like '94, '95 all over again. You know, I didn't even think about that, but the breathing. You're right, man. This guy really had everything down about this guy. It was really yeah. he, he, he was. Look, out of all the other choices for the movie, we've 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 criticized the the the, the main character in the movie was an excellent yeah. choice they nailed it enough with him and um 
and uh, Angela Bassett. I mean, yes. like, I, I've, I've never got to see a whole lot from uh, from Big's mother, like actually. But one thing that I did see that I wanted to bring up because I remember watching it at the time, and it was uh, like I didn't feel bad laughing when it happened. Big had just died. And they did a tribute for him on BET. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking for footage of this on YouTube, and I cannot find it anywhere. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, it would be great. But they did a tribute to Big after he died. I'm not sure. I can't remember where it was held, but everybody was there. You know, everybody's all suited up. And, you know, they have a big, big mural on the in the back. And you know, one podium on stage and everybody's getting up there to performing songs and doing tributes. And the last person they had to get up there and speak was Big's mother. So they gave her a big ovation. She came out there, stood at the podium and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly what she said, but she basically said, you keep calling my son Biggie. His name was Chris. Um, He's dead because of you. You're not his friends. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I remember this. That a girl. I, I really do think I remember this because she obviously at the time, like the the emotion was still raw, and yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure she wasn't a fan of a lot of the lyrics. So right, yeah. right. So she walked off stage, and the you know people in the crowd start like clapping like awkwardly. <laughs> but that was it was great. <laughs> you, like, saying, you gonna boot a grieving mother? <laughs> Right. Shit, I would have given her a standing O, I hate to tell you. <laughs> I would have standing O. I'd be I would've been the one guy like, yeah. <laughs> Somebody please look for that and find it and send it oh, to God, me. I'm gonna try I, to, to I, I know what you're talking about too. <laughs> <laughs> she said you weren't his friends. He's dead because of you. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <I'm out>. Wow. <laughs> oh uh, god. I that good she's got some guts, that lady, man. I like that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, rappers Benny Siegel and Gorilla Black did audition for the role as Biggie. Uh, I can see that. Singer Sean Kingston also auditioned and publicly claimed that he had got the role. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the writer-director Antoine Fisher uh, sat across from Biggie the night he died at Antoine's uh, Antoine's wife's... <clears throat> The night he died, and Antoine's wife, Lynette Fisher, grew up three blocks from where, uh, from Biggie's supposed killer. Mm. So there, there, there is a, a suspect, I guess, but they just can't. Um, I don't know. They can't tie it in. I don't know. I, maybe. 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 Um, may, maybe the guy's not even still around. I mean, the, the whole, the whole. I'm not going to get into a whole rant about the whole no snitching thing, but mm-hmm. there are, believe me, this happened a long time. There are people who know who did it. There are people back then who know who did it, but oh, I'm sure. you know, the whole no snitching policy, there people just weren't talking. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, most of the film was adapted from the book Unbelievable, yeah, the Life, that. Death, and Afterlife of the Notorious B.I.G. by Chio Hadari Coker. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, now, James Willard reprises his role as a Notorious B.I.G. in All Eyes on Me, which comes out uh, when, Anthony? You can keep it up with that. birthday, he's done. All right. 
All right, all right. So it's it, it, it's coming out soon. A couple months. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Man. All right. Uh, the car that is used in the drive-by when Biggie is shot, uh, 2BAI222, is the same plate number that is featured in the first episode of Numbers. Nice. Show from 2005, as well as the same plate number that Ian's Walkin, uh, Ian Watkins, the lead singer of Lost Prophets, uses in the music video. Mm. So, a few little things that plate number is obviously good for. That's uh, interesting. Here's the last one I'm going to do. The role of Little Cease. Uh, Anthony, you said it was horrible. Well, it was originally written for Tristan Wilde's. Tristan Mac, Tristan Mac Wilds, uh, who actually turned it down because of his commitments with the show 90210 at the time. <laughs> so that might be why it was a bad. Because uh, it was a kind of a last minute thing. It was a it was a last minute thing. I mean, he did you know 114 episodes of the you know 19 and uh, the two. 2008 to 2013 90210 series, the reprise of it. So, you know, he, he was in that show, so he couldn't do it, but that's who it was written for. Um, so that might be why it was a, uh, you know, quick switch and why it was a little odd to have him out there. So, uh, uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but um, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't really have much more to say. I think we pretty much went through the whole damn movie the best we could. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know. Anybody? Anybody? I mean, like I said, I, I had never seen it, so it was kind of a a, a well, surprise for me. I But like I said, enjoyed the well, shit out of it. Well, a fun fact, though, if you want to uh, want more, uh, the uh, car he actually was shot in mm-hmm. was is actually up for auction now. I think it's going for like a couple, like 1.5, 1.6 million. See, this is what shocks me. They have the car. They have... All those fucking death threats that were made to him, and they can't piece this motherfucker together. They yeah. fucking make they make cases off less than this shit everywhere. This uh, doesn't something's fucked up here, man. I'm sorry. So, so burning question: Do you think because it's too ironic that these guys died six months apart, essentially? Mm-hmm. You, you think they're interconnected? Well, I, I just I I believe like well I spoke on it earlier um, the Tupac thing like, we can kind of trace the dots as to where that happened with the incident that happened earlier that day with him the Biggie thing I think it was just um, a fan who was uh, I think it was just a Tupac fan who was just mad and figured you know Tupac is dead then Biggie has to die too you know so you don't think it's like a big conspiracy like somebody no. some higher power. <laughs> No, I really don't. I don't think that at all. You don't think Puff Daddy did it, and that's where he got the name P. Diddy because he did it? P. Did it. (laughs) (laughs) I can can get pissed off at Puffy for a lot of things that (laughs) Eric will make in a band show, for one. But no, I I know. Because that was his real ticket. That was... That was I've had five dosekis. Don't worry, I was that was a joke. He was a joke. Don't worry. You know, there actually there actually was a, a stupid baseless rumor that went around after the first time Tupac got shot. They said people were saying that it was uh, Puffy and Jermaine Dupree actually did it. But that that was that's just stupid. I hate to say this, but Puffy had 
zero to gain by getting rid of either one of them. Puffy right. had everything to everything to gain by keeping those guys yeah. together, getting yep. along, and making yep. every record they could. Yeah, he was too smart for that. And even even with the beef going the way that it did, Puffy, I'm sure he saw a future for that because he knew that eventually they would have squashed it, they would have worked together, and guess who would have made that money? Well, I, I, I'm sure you've heard, too, a lot of people say you know some of the media blow-up on that was from him. He was a smart man. <laughs> uh, you know what? I you know what? I I wouldn't put it past a businessman to do something like that. I mean, that's what a PR guy does. You know, <laughs> you, you have to realize something in in the music business. I'm sure Bobby can attest to this. To be in the music, you can't just be a music guy. You got to be the music guy. You got to be you know the manager. You got to be the PR guy. Yeah, yep. there's, there's a lot of hats to wear if you're going to be by yourself in the fucking music <laughs> business. We're putting Puffy over, but I just want to say he wasn't innocent. No, he put, he kind of uh, he kind of threw gasoline on the fire because I remember um right after hit him up. I don't know if you remember Bobby. Remember a song called uh, "Stop Yapping"? Uh vaguely. Yeah, basically, you know, he's a ter- I, you know I won't even uh send you the link for it, but basically, it's basically Puffy talking shit over beats, <laughs> basically responding to everything Tupac said. <laughs> and, and a lot of people tried to say, "Oh, this came out, you know, he, right after he got no, no, it didn't come out after he died because uh, Puffy would have been uh, the next one to go if that was right, case. right." So, so this came out, it came out maybe like a, a month or so after hit him up. I think I might have heard that once. I might have heard that once. I mean, he, said on, he was just talking. He, he was just talking over. Okay, I think I might have heard that one. I gotta look. I gotta. I gotta find that. I mean, it's a nice beat, but Puffy is just a terrible rapper. So yeah, he's he's not he, he was never in good. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Um, all right, guys. On that note, yeah. I guess we should wrap this motherfucker up. Let's wrap it up, B. Wrap it up, yeah. B. Let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, there you go. Don't forget to check us out next week, Bobby. We got to get you back on, man. We might have to do uh, might have to do Eddie and the Cruisers next week just to get you back on. I'm with that. I'm with that. I gotta rewind it though. Anthony, you got Eddie and the Cruisers? Do you have those movies? Can you get them? I can look it up, or you can send it to me. Oh, I can send it. I got both of them. Trust me. Trust me. I, I know got you those. Do. I know you do. <laughs> you know what? If, if you want to do it, we can set it now for Eddie and the Cruisers one and two next okay, week. Okay. Let's do it. There you go. Next week we're going to be doing right. Eddie and the Cruisers. We will have Bobby back with us. Bobby's just going to be the third guy here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what he has time i know i know you got it fucking damn near two o'clock now with you guys are um oh, yeah. anyway catch us next week right here mixer.com slash thd podcast on thd movie review you can look us up on youtube when i get the show up there you can look us up uh, this week's show will go up there easily i didn't play any audio um so, yeah, you can check us out on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, anywhere you can find good podcasts. Don't ever forget to check out me and Shaheen, Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, same place, Mixer.com slash THT Podcast. Uh, Anthony, good time, man. Good movie. Thanks for recommending it. Glad I watched it. Glad uh, you liked it. Uh, definitely, man. Bobby, uh, like I said, man, really glad you're here, and we'll see you next week for Eddie and the Cruisers. Looking forward to it. I will, one way or another, get this audio working by next week, I promise.
All right. On that note, I know you can't hear it, but I'm playing the fucking shine box thing. I call me get your fucking shine box. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Thanks. Thanks. Hey.